Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, and also your host. And just before we start the show, I'd like to thank all our listeners for following the show, writing in, because that is the only way we can grow this platform and make it more enjoyable for you. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the show and also leave us a good review because that helps us a lot. And just before we start our episode, I'd like to thank our sponsor, ShopDrop, who we covered in episode 34. And this episode will hopefully be heard a lot in Israel. And for those of you traveling to the U.S., next time you're in New York City, make sure to download the ShopDrop app on your Apple or Google store. Check out the best deals on your favorite brands or discover new brands you'll Love. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today we have Rika Razel Van Leeuwen. Rika is a Thank singer, songwriter, and real estate agent. Thank you. Nice to be here with you, finally. Finally. <laughs> I grew up to your family's music, and there's definitely some resemblance that I hear through your music and our own and Yonatan's music. I feel like I'm People. talking... To royalty here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I also, you know, grew up in that music of my brothers. So tell me about your childhood growing up in this musical family. You know, a lot of times people ask me, how could it be that everyone's a musician in your family, like you and Neona? Like, and, like, how did, like, you just, like, they think it's that we were just born like that, you know what I'm saying? And the truth is, like, that's pretty far from the truth um, because we were, actually we were working pretty hard in my house. There was a, my father was a, is a doctor in uh, psychology and education, and I think he part of his his like way to educate us was through music. Everything that he did was like based like the fact that we had to sit and practice every day and he paid us for it. So it was part of his like education system that he wanted us to like be focused on something and but he was um, a real hands-on kind of dad. In the morning he would put classical music and start asking us, like, who, who wrote this? Who composed it? Uh, what uh, concerto is this? Did your father have a classical music education? My father, I think less. His, his father was a pretty known cellist in Israel. He, was, he actually came from Holland. My grandfather was uh, offered to teach the princesses of Holland. That was right after the war of and he said, no, I wanted to move to Israel. He was a Zionist. He said no to the queen, which is pretty big deal for him, and come to Israel with, when he didn't know that he would have any job or nothing, you know, just came here and moved to Israel. So, so he was a cellist. So I think he got a lot of it at his home, at his uh, upbringing. Everyone, there was a lot of music going on there. I think he also... <laughs> had like, um, maybe we were part of it, like, now that I'm thinking about it, part of his like psychology, um, how do you say? Like a, yeah, exactly. I know that he would like uh, talk about like, if everyone has the same potential, like his th thought is that, you know, you're born like tabula rasa, like clean, no nothing on it and you could do, and you know what I'm saying? You Everyone's could do anything a, with your, with your a, a plain canvas. 
Are there any other siblings besides for you, Aaron, and Jonathan? Yes. So we have a younger brother, Yehuda. Loves to play music and also very musical. Okay. He sings in a few of um, my brother's discs, but now he doesn't do that anymore. So you had a, a band as children, and Jonathan led that band, and you all participated in that. Was that the first time you performed and felt like, wow, this is what I want to do with my life? When we were 12, we went to the States. Mm -hmm. like, all my, my mother's family lives in the States. And, and my father suggested that we make a band. It was the summer. We were all like uh, hanging around. And he said, Let's, why don't you guys like, play together? So we started playing together. Like First, we were doing like Beatles and just things like that. We were pretty young then. I was about 12, 13. And very fast, we started like writing our own songs. And we went to this uh, competition of like young bands. We came in like first place in the song, so it was like gave us like a really big push, and we we started performing and writing more music. We were we were on TV, and people like started calling us for shows and all kinds of things like that. And we recorded an album. So your father paid for that, or you did it on your own? Yeah, so our father was like our manager, so he was like getting us stuff, and it's amazing. Like, but really, like what I when I think about my father, he's. Like, you know, when we were young, we all hated him. <laughs> he was very hard on us, you know, he was very strict with us. He wanted us to practice all the time. And like, you know, for me as a little girl, you know, it's not really what you want to always do. You know what I'm saying? You want to go out with your friends or you want to just play. And you know, But today I appreciate a lot, like how, what he did. And so when we were doing, creating the band, he started buying us all kinds of equipment and took us like to Tel Aviv to record the, the album. We used to go right after school. They would pick us up. We would, <laughs> it was funny. We were, I was like in maybe ninth grade. Wow. So the band fell apart later on when your brother Jonathan went to the army and then you took a break for 20 years right <laughs> okay so <laughs> give us a little background on what that looked like okay so I, I got married also in pretty quickly in the, when I was in the army when I was young I was 19 Aaron used, lived in Sfat at that time and Jonathan was living in Tel Aviv and so we weren't like also close physically to each other and I got married. I met my husband, Yoni, um, in the army at the time that I was in the army also. I had kids right away. So I was like, all, all, all I could think about is how am I going to support this family? Like, what, what do I need to do? And I grew up also like in a business, business side to us also. My father was um, uh, always investing in real estate here in Nachlaot and in Jerusalem and sh teaching us also about real estate, actually. That's why I think that's the, my other main thing in my life, I guess. I actually didn't start with the real estate. I had a catering business and you know, all kinds of things until I got to the real estate. So I put the music kind of aside. I All the time I wrote music. I wrote always songs, but I never actually, like, nobody heard them except for my husband. I was always so, you know, when you grow up with, talents like Jonathan and Aaron you know I'm like their little sister so I was like never wanted to no one to hear my music but at night like sometimes all the kids went to sleep I would sit with Yoni and and sing to him and play the songs that I would write during the day actually it happened 
in my in my forties, like my midlife crisis, I call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was um, thirty nine at the time. Today I'm forty three. I really felt all of a sudden really sad that I'm not doing music and. And that's how you say mashbir gilarbayim, midlife crisis, you say mashbir, means a crisis, but it also means it is, is the place where a woman gives birth. So it's just beautiful. The Hebrew language is so beautiful that you see that through like a crisis, you could actually grow and that good things come out of it. And really at that time, I was very puzzled. I didn't know. Actually, like the past years before that, I started playing more to other people, like at my friends' houses. And and if there was any other time to perform, I used to find a like open, I don't know, things like that. First, I decided to record my music. And I started doing that. I did like one song every month. That's how I started. And at that time, I didn't think at all that I would come back and start performing and you know all that I didn't think I thought I'd continue with the real estate and and whatever I'm just doing this so my kids could hear it because so I could hear it and so I started doing that which was amazing because just like when you have also a deadline to finish like a song and I had like every month a deadline to finish the song and so I had I had like beginnings of songs you know let's say a verse and a and a chorus but that's it. So I had like a whole month to work on it, to finish it, to finish the song. It was great. Like I remember myself walking here in Nachlaot and showing apartments. I'm doing real estate. And, you know, and like just in my head, I have like the song going on, like in like words and just like, <laughs> it was just f- funny. And then it would run back home because uh, I live in Nachlaot and also work in Nachlaot. So I would run back home, sit on the piano, like write more and then go to another meeting. Just like... It was uh, kind of a crazy time, but it really actually was amazing. Like thinking back on it, like it was just also being all the time and to be in like a creative place and to always like it was it was it was really nice. So before we move on, I just want to ask, what is it like for you to have grown up in a family where you have such talented brothers who have created a real career out of their music and then it's not like you're a Bala Tshuva where Kolisha was a choice for you. Well, for sure it's a choice for every woman, but it wasn't something right. that you took upon yourself. It was a new life. You sort of were born into it and then seeing the opportunities for your brothers being a lot greater and they did pursue it on a more professional scale and they do see yeah. a lot of success in it. Yeah. What was it like for you in terms of your personal struggle? Uh, yeah, I mean, I say that like probably this is like the biggest like issue of my life because um really like as even like forget about the band like we also every like wedding or every simcha like the family we we always used to sing we always used to write a song we always used to perform so it was like a really big part of my life and then all of a sudden they they became much more religious and and boom i became a woman like no we can't sing with you and also, like, it wasn't never addressed. It kind of, like, happened. And it was hard. It was um, not easy, like, to see your brother performing and concerts. I mean, first of all, on one hand, I'm like, their biggest fan. So I love going to watch them. And I, I'm like, uh, admire. I admire them. Like, so, so yeah, I used to go a lot to the, the concerts. But then, you know, being there, I would, like, I have to admit that something in my heart was, like, 
oof, I wish I wish I could be there with them on stage, obviously. And it's it's hard. And I, you know, I used to go to sometimes. I remember myself like a lot of times in smachot in my family and seeing all of them perform and even with my younger brother Yehuda and like just feeling like not connected to, to that and to make music and to perform, which is something like I most love. Like And one day I, I went really to like this other bar mitzvah friend of ours. I remember that day very clearly. And it was actually snowing in Jerusalem, which is like doesn't happen so often in Jerusalem. And it was like white, and we kind of drove to the bar mitzvah. It was beautiful, and and um, whatever they, my brothers were playing again, and Jonathan and Aaron, and and all of a sudden I was watching them, and I started to cry. Like just, I was in the bar mitzvah, I couldn't stop. I was just like crying, I was sobbing, and I was like, and at that moment I said to myself, like, stop like with this like miskina like so do something about it okay so you can't perform there or whatever but if you want to find your way to to do it and and don't sit around and look at them and be upset about it and at that that was the moment that i just decided like also i went to them and i spoke with them about it i i said god i i just like told them about it, that it's like really hard for me and that it's i and that we never spoke about it. And like all of a sudden, boom, like I'm not in your band. Like I'm not playing with you. It's hard. It's just expressing my feelings to them. So it was a good uh, therapeutic uh, moment. And that's when I decided that, that I'm getting back to it. That I, and I started, and that, that was like the first step. But obviously like there's so many questions. I didn't know what I'm going to do. And I didn't know how I'm going to do. And I didn't know like, yeah, the whole woman's issue is, it's like every second in my mind like what's the right thing is that the right thing well like people say this people say that like there's different um points of view there's uh, you know i i so whatever and it's it's hard because i'm like i'm part of a family and i'm part of um i'm not i don't see myself as my own person and doing my own thing and whatever i want to do and i i feel like you know that i'm i'm a person that is connected to a family. I'm connected to my kids, which are all in like a very high Jewish education and and religious education, and and um, and my father, my parents, my brothers that are all also like Haredi, and, and <laughs> so kind of leaves me in the middle, not knowing what to do and what's the right thing and what's you know. I spoke with Rabbanim and called people and trying to figure out my way. And then when that's the whole question, okay, what about musicians that will play with me? Do I have to get only women? Could it be also men? Like just a million different kinds of questions. And um, actually wrote a song about that. <laughs> it's called uh, I only want to sing, you know, I just, I didn't want to do good. I don't want to do anything bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. I know everything you're saying. <laughs> Would you say that the boom of Orthodox women creating uh, music and albums and music videos, has that given you a support system to break out and decide, you know, I do have a lot at stake. I have a family. I have children who are going to be looking for Shaduchim. Um, <laughs> did, did you feel like <laughs> what, what you right. do will affect them? So exactly, exactly. I like you feel. I feel like you know. I'm a role model, and I'm showing them what's what's the right thing. And 
I hope I'm doing the right thing. I don't, I, you know, you know. Sometimes I feel like, what if I'll feel bad about it? It's yeah, complicated. But did you feel a support system from the boom of Jewish women creating the music? Did you feel like there are other? Ah. Did, was that part of this at all? I don't think it was a part of it. I don't think it was a part of it. But maybe. I mean, I guess if you see. See people sing, it gives you cheshe, it gives you like, uh, yeah, I guess so. First of all, yeah, for sure there's much more, many more venues and things that are for women and concerts for women. And so it became more popular in, in the past, I guess, right, seven years, ten years, I don't know. Before that, I think there were hardly things for women or... So I feel like, yeah, I guess it's also, I mean, sometimes dafka, like less, it's like, <laughs> does the opposite i you know okay, there's enough singers yeah i don't have to uh, enough good people like i don't need to be the shaliach here that's an, that's an interesting way to look at that <laughs> 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 so you've been singing now and you've put out one album and yeah. you just released a new song this week a new music video so could no. you tell us a little bit about that process what went into it like did you have a lot of help did it cost a lot of money how did you decide what to do i i, I create music videos so seeing yeah, something sorry. so you, magnificent you <laughs> no you yours is amazing with the horse wow i was like wow then i was wow was wowing <laughs> thank you but okay that was probably the only thing i came up with but what i loved about your music video is that you had a storyline and you had all these different aspects it was done so professionally so what Thank did you, you? What does your team look like? So first of all, I did already. I think four videos, and I think with the, I don't know if you saw them, but Yom Echad like talks about my wa- wanting to come back to the music. It actually tells my whole story. Like and I say Yom Echad, one day something's gonna open and you're gonna do it and go for it and. Uh, I, it's funny when I sing this song. Like m- many women say, "Wow, I feel like you wrote it." Like I, I felt like I wrote this song. Like uh, it's, I mean, all of us have dreams, you know. All of us want like to go and do it, and I hope it gives us uh, strength. Anyway, the song that I wrote this that I released this week was called "Why." It's actually the first song that I put out, putting out in English. And uh, most of my other songs are in Hebrew. Um, and this song is, speaks about this w- girl or whatever that she's talking about. She's lying in bed and very thoughtful, like very, you know, all of us, like that's sometimes part of our life to be, to worry or to, you know, as mothers, of course, <laughs> to worry, to uh, fear, to have fear or something. And and I'm saying in the song, like, where is the little girl that used to like run in the barefoot in the rain like we're like just try to find that part of you like the shovav the mischievous part of you the fun part of you as a kid and that I think also that will help you when you're struggling or have a fear if you connect to that part of you that's still like a little girl then maybe it will give you strength the two girls that are in the video are the bigger sister and the little sister so it's like she like remembers herself as a little girl. The guy that did the video, this video, a lot of some of the other videos I did with other people. So that's why specifically this guy, he is a photographer, and he he's it, w- it wasn't 
it wasn't a very expensive production. What about the video Bidyuk Mushlam? You know, the pink and blue one with the dance guy? Yeah, yeah that, Bidyuk Mushlam. Yeah, right, so that, that, that was, yeah, that was more expensive. That was like more production. It was like a two-day. I took a car. You saw the car that I was looking yeah, beautiful? Yes, beautiful. <laughs> It was so crazy because I'm so short and I hardly got to the gas <laughs> and I'm trying to drive it and I'm sitting as close up front that I can. The guy that I rented it from, he's looking at me, he wants to see that I know how to drive <laughs> and I'm like smiling, but I want to, I'm so like, uh, until they gave me this pillow or something, <laughs> it was bad. but it was so far, you know, it was one of these old cars, you can't bring it forward and anyway, it was a fun experience living there and and having uh, the drone on top of me oh, yeah. and just like listening to the song and singing along. It was really fun to make it. The video was really fun. Uh, there's like one scene with all the kids in the morning throwing eggs on the floor. And okay, so that, that was actually a pretty expensive production. It's very hard. I was just thinking about it that if you have money, like everything is just so much easier. <laughs> really? You figured that out? <laughs> I don't know how it came to me, that realization. It's like, I don't know, like, don't, you could quote me on it if you want. Okay. People that invest a lot of money in, like, video music and obviously could, could be, could sometimes could be more successful. You know what I'm saying? 100%. It gives you, like, a push. Like, sometimes I want to say, like, I want to take a loan from the bank. The sky is the limit, actually, you know, to what you could do and to produce and the videos and the... There's like myth like you could put and put out and you could put advertisements and to promote yourself on Facebook. There's so much that you could do actually to get your music out there. And you will have but, an unlimited amount of music probably to keep creating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have a question. Is there a return yes. on investment? So let's say you do promote. Let's say you had the unlimited amount of money to put into your music and into your advertising and marketing. Amounting in the performances, resulting in the performances, would that pay for it? Or would it just be money into the garbage just for building the name? And the name is what you want. The name is the end goal, not the money. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've been thinking about that also. First of all, we spoke before about women and men. I think still women musicians here get paid much less than like what my brother would take for a concert. So as a woman, I've been like every time like that I that people invite me to play a concert here or there, it's always a money struggle because I want to bring musicians with me. I play with uh, sometimes three, four or five musicians and it's always, okay, what's the minimum that it will cost us to bring you for a show or something like that? I mean, it's a good way to say it, to like think of it as a, as a business plan. Like how much could I make if I did like a lot of concerts? And actually, I'm, I'm getting to this stage now that I'm, I had like this whole plan. Like first I did Head Start. That's a crowdfunding mm -hmm. campaign for my album. And after that, I, I recorded the song and finished my album. And then I had a premiere concert in Zappa, which was really big and really nice with the, my brothers. Jonathan Aaron was amazing, like so much fun. It was like that day I was like, if I had to die today, I would be happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was so much what I wanted. And wow, it was, it was great. And so after I had that concert, just I, I said to myself, like, 
this is what I want to do. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to perform only in a place with a stage and lighting, and it doesn't always work that, that way. I think there is a lot of opportunities in the music. What Right now, I'm getting a lot of calls. I don't, I'm, I'm looking for a manager, <laughs> if anyone listens. And that's it's also been like really hard to find. I think also most people, the, the market is yet not big enough. I don't know why it's been like really hard for me to find somebody. And um, um, I don't know, maybe they, it's, it's not a big enough market. Um, they prefer to waste their, you know, use their time for something else with the bo- men that is easier to promote. But um, there's a lot of opportunities. Like there's also a lot of different things that you could do. Like you could do bat mitzvahs. You could do performances for women's evenings. I do also stuff in my house. I do a project called the Shabbos in an Hour. And I teach uh, people how to make Shabbos in an hour. It's actually like the combination of being a mother, a singer, and a realtor who never has time for anything, <laughs> running around like crazy. So it's like I, I do like, let's say, Shabbos in an hour. They come, and I have like a little concert. I sing to them. We do some songs and uh, cook some food. So there's a lot of different things that you could do to actually, you know, make money, let's say, in this industry. Yeah, you could hustle and be creative about how to bring in and create the events that will pay for your time and talent. You're really combining a lot of your talents together, creating a package that is appealing to the women out there. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I would say there's more opportunity to perform in Israel, but the opportunity to make more money per gig is in the States. Would you say yeah. I'm correct? I think I think you're right. I mean, first of all, Jewish culture there is much much weaker. Like here, for every event that you, one event that you have, like we have maybe a thousand. You know what I'm saying? If you look just Jerusalem, there's always stuff going on, always concerts, always things. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know the prices in the states. Actually, I would love to get into that market also a little bit and. Uh, See, I don't know if there's any way you could help. Me. Where's your father? Isn't your father a manager? Exactly. I should tell him to <laughs> come back <laughs> to be my manager. <laughs> it actually wouldn't be a bad idea. He's a power powerhouse, that one. <laughs> you don't have to search far, but no, uh, I, I wish there was, you know, a roadmap, uh, a system. You know, if you do this and this, then you get into a certain amount of venues. I, I'm finding it hard to break into. I don't find that there's a system anywhere. Somebody yeah. has to create yeah. it, I think. Yeah. What I love about this podcast is that I'm able to create this database and people do come to me and ask me if I know anyone who would be appropriate for this or for an event or for a camp. And I'm so happy to be in a place where I could, where I have the information yeah. to share names and resources with people. I'm sure being the sister of our own and Yonatan um, has been challenging. Clearly, you have this, I wouldn't call it jealousy, but certain discomfort. And you had your midlife crisis uh, watching them perform and realizing that <laughs> there's just no room for you on that stage there. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. But on the other right. hand, I'm sure having that last name gave you credibility. And when you did decide you want to come return to the stage and put out an album, you got a kickstart. You got you got that push right away, that credibility. People yeah. recognized your name and that did help you jump 10 steps ahead of anyone just starting out. 
So can you tell me your perspective on this? Did it help or did it hurt? No, no, totally help. And I mean, uh, also the the I just want to say it also clearly. The part that it hurt was very small. It's I. It's not like I was sitting. You know what I'm saying? I was very busy. I have, I have eight kids. I I had a real estate business. They were all young. It's not like I dwelled about. You know, I, I just want to make that clear. It's not that I was that big part of me was upset most of my life about it. Not at all. But, um, but yeah, I, when it happened, so I felt, but obviously, to, first of all, my brother is like a uh, big inspiration to me. They're really good brothers. Also, I go and I speak with them and I mean, they don't always have time for me. <laughs> Jonathan's very busy and I have to make an appointment with him. If I want to talk with him about music, I, he wants to like tell me what, like he wants to know the time and like, yeah. And, and he's busy as this call and this one. Anyway, it's not so easy. I mean, I just want to say a lot of th people think that I all day could sit with my brothers and they'll give me advice. So it doesn't happen so often, but my brother Aaron and is great to speak with. And yeah, the name, obviously, first of all, I'm using the name Razel, Rika Razel, because name recognition and and we have we also had an album when we were kids called La Catrazel, the Razel band. So I felt closer when I started to perform. I got very big gigs. At first, it was like a curios, like wow, my the the sister started to sing. But then I also have to be on the standard. I I have, have to, to prove myself that I. Um, yeah, I love it that you know a lot. Of, some people come and say, "Wow, like you, you remind us of your brothers, and we grew up on the music of your brothers, and we're so happy that now there's like a woman, like a feminine side to the Razel. It's very heartwarming for me. But I hope people judge me for my music, and that they also that they connect to the music and lyrics. They definitely do, and you're so relatable. You are a feminine side to this whole Razel band, <laughs> and. Mm -hmm. You do have that professional level. I mean, you don't get to where you are by playing with friends your whole childhood. You had to be at the piano. You had to perform exactly. and work hard. So it is paying off. And you had a, a Russian upbringing, no? Yes, I. So you, I, you know, you know what that is. You you went through the same thing, probably. Yeah, more or but, less. But my parents never made me. No, uh, no, they know. I, I think I was wow. either very self-motivated or they were just too busy with everyone else. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So I a little bit had of a different experience. Thank you so much, Rika, for coming on the show and opening up. It's so much fun having this conversation with you. I feel like there's so much to learn from you. And it's really an inspiration to talk to someone like you. And people could find you on Facebook, right? And yes. you have a website, Instagram? But... Instagram also, for sure, Rika Razel. I spell with R-I-C-K-A. And also on Facebook and Instagram. You could also buy my album online. If you enjoyed this episode, and hopefully others too, I'd like to share a way you can help support this show and help us grow. We partner up with Mika Fashion, a clothing brand that empowers women to accept themselves with their imperfections and limitations. I just love their latest Kinzuki collection that represents that. And I wear my Mika dresses all the time. To check out some beautiful styles, go to our special link, bit.ly slash Mika Francisca, M-I-K-A-H-F-R-A-N-C-I-S-K-A, also posted in the show notes. 
And with every purchase you make using this link, you get to support The Francisca Show. Also, we covered Miriam Grunhaus in our Mika Fashion episode in September. You can check out episode 25. Thank you for listening to The Francisca Show. If you haven't yet, please make sure to subscribe. Leave us a review if you haven't yet. And reach out to me. Tell me what you like, what you don't at franciscak at gmail.com.